Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. And I'm with Alex today. Alex, how are you? Yeah. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing real good. Really good. good. I am. The weather's gorgeous outside right now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was wor- working off of my uh, back porch area where um, the the weather is awesome and the view of the water is great and looking forward to uh, spring as it's uh, around the corner. It is. And in fact, all of our stuff is blooming about a month early. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? The pl- they just don't know what to do. The these plants. <laughs> well, I'm a, we're, my wife and I are a little worried because you, you never know it could freeze again. But um, cool. So, how's real estate been going for you, Alex? You working on any deals right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly enough, I uh, ran into a deal the other day. Um, I sent kind of a guy I'm experimenting as a, like acquisitions manager. I sent him out on a house. Um, and then I went after he got under contract, I went back and looked at it and, uh, had a rat infestation, a rat infestation of the worst oh, wow. kind of ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I looked in the attic and there was just rat droppings everywhere. So we're trying did to figure he, out what's the, what's that? Did your acquisitions guy miss it? Did he not know about that? No, because, um, yeah, he didn't look in the attic or in the crawl space, which is not customary usually on a first appointment. You know, you're not like, yeah. okay, let's go look at the attic or let's get the crawl suit on and go into the house. So, um, we had a guy go out there to check for termites and he said, well, you know, it, it looking like a lot of rat droppings here, so I'm not gonna be able to inspect a lot, um, but uh, so we got a, re- a remediation price um, and actually went back to the seller and said, hey, you know, obviously this isn't something that we are expecting you have to do. And uh, he, he basically covered the price of that. So I'm probably going to rehab the house because uh, it's in a good area um, and it's not in bad shape. So, um, you know, I could probably wholesale it and make 15 or rehab it and make 45. And in this market, I think I'll just go for the rehab. Cool. Good for you. Yep. You might even make more than that. Prices are appreciating pretty good out there, aren't they? Right. You never, you never know, you know? Cool. You know, the reason why I always ask you first, like, what's been going on with real estate? Because it gives me time to think about what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got it. It's a stall tactic. I yeah. see it for what it is. <laughs> uh, things have been quiet lately for us. Um Although I did just get a text, two emails yesterday. Uh, my local wholesaler, you know, the way we do it is we, I send out the marketing, my VA pre-screens the leads, and then I work with a local wholesaler. And that wholesaler will um, work the leads once they come in, right? And right. so he just emailed me yesterday, two deals. One of them, he said, hey, I can pay you, if, if we're going to buy it and rehab it. So you can, and we've discussed this in the past, so... I've told him, listen, any deal that you want to keep in rehab, just pay me what I would normally make on a wholesale fee, you know? Right. And um, he's agreed to that. And I trust this guy. He's a really good guy. Um, so he said, listen, we're going to buy Very this property. Important. Yeah. And um, we're going to rehab it. And you can, 
either get 30% of our profit after the rehab or just five grand now. And, and knowing this deal in the area, I was unhappy to make five grand now. Sure. And because um, the rehab, I might make anywhere from four to six thousand that would be my profit out of the rehab. Um, uh, so the four to six thousand on a rehab. No, no. Well, that's my 30 percent, right? Okay. So this rehab in this area, it's only like a hundred and twenty five thousand dollar house fixed up. Okay. So it's in the lower end. So they would be making about 20 to 25 grand in profit after they buy it, fix it up and sell it. Sure. Sure. So 30% of that would be about six grand. So anyway, um, that, so I just decided I'd rather take my money now and run. Absolutely. Quick nickel versus a slow dime. And then another email later that same day, they're wholesaling a deal. The profit is five grand, and I get twenty five hundred of that. So that was two good Why emails not? we got yesterday. So we're averaging about two to four deals a month with this little yeah. system we've got going on, and uh, it's cool. I like it. Then uh, yeah, on the, absolutely on the, on the land side, we're that's going crazy right now. Um, it's going really well. We're we've been we've actually stopped marketing because we've got so many lots under contract. We're trying to sell them all right now. <laughs> and um and we're see we don't buy them until some of them we buy but most of them we don't buy uh until we yeah. sell them right we do a double close and so that's been going cool what's interesting is um a lot of these buyers though as they're doing their own due diligence they're seeing that we're not on title and they're calling us with concerns like hey i thought oh. so um, in that case we'll go ahead and buy it and then sell it in advance, but we're buying these lots for anywhere from four hundred bucks to two thousand dollars, and we're selling them anywhere from two thousand dollars to fifteen thousand dollars. Okay. So there are vacant lots in the middle of nowhere, Colorado and Oregon, right now is where we're looking at, and um, it's going good. It's going really good, actually. I'm I'm excited about it. But um, but enough about us. We have a special enough guest. About us. What about our guest? Yeah, we have a special guest on the show. His name is Brian Tripe, and um, I met him through a workshop that uh, a friend of mine, Sean McCloskey, and I did recently. And um, But Brian and I, we've, we also go back further than that. Um, I've known Brian for a while. He's an active investor in the Alabama market. And um, Brian, are you there? I'm here. You might did have I... to go back and edit my name. You didn't even say my name right. Oh, Trip. Oh, doggone it. I'm sorry. <laughs> bom, bom, it bom. looks like tripe, but it's trip. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Brian. I knew that. I've, I've got the I've got that silent E on the end. It messes everybody oh, up. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I feel your pain, man. I feel your pain with the name. <laughs> yes. Yes, so Alex gets it all the time. Alex Jungblood? Don't Judge. even say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Starts young with J pronounced as a Y. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. I knew that. No, you're good. But I did get the uh, Alabama part right, right? No, man. I'm from uh, – no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, okay, good. Um, I got that right. <laughs> yeah, I've been I'm down here since – I graduated high school. I'm originally from the northwest Indiana area near Chicago, and I graduated high school 
a long time ago and moved down here to go to out to go to school, go to University of Alabama, and I just stayed. I love it. I love so it. So you're an there. you're an Auburn fan, right? Oh come on, man. Come on, just, let's you hurt. You hurt me. You just like <laughs> dug a knife down into my heart. <laughs> I'm a I'm a proud alumnus of the University of Alabama. Roll tide all the way. <laughs> oh boy, let's talk about the uh, football game. The what happened to Alabama? What happened with what the the championship game? Yes. Look, look, you know, Joe. I tell this to everybody. You can't, you can't win them all, man. You can't, <laughs> you can't win it every year. Alex has no idea what we're talking about. Football, college. Yeah. What what game uh, are we talking about? I'm not really about? a college football guy, but yeah, no, I think one of the guys at my church was all about the. Uh, it was Clemson and uh, Auburn, right, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm yep. telling you, if, if anybody from Alabama right now is listening to this podcast, they're they're just rolling over because it's 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 serious oh. business. It's religion down here. Is it, it, I'm right, right? That's the game no. right there. No, no. Clemson and what? And Alabama. Alabama. Okay. Yeah. All right. See, Al- yeah, I'm out of touch with the when, college side. As soon as you start to you know to mix up Auburn and Alabama, it's you know. Uh, blasphemy uh, here. It's like you're so, mixing up Jesus with Muhammad. Wow. <laughs> and we've really we're, we've are this is feel, this podcast is off to a really bad start. Uh, <laughs> so we apologize oh. to all of the Alabama fans there because I go. know there's a lot of them out there. I just, you know, I'm so sick and tired of seeing them win all the time that uh, I I kind of like digging it in a little bit. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, I know this isn't a podcast about football, but when I went to school down there, you're talking about 99 through 04. Yeah, we were terrible. And so I feel like I deserve this, you know, and being a lifelong Cubs fan. I feel like this is. Oh, no, I know. I know. I'm really digging into you uh, a little bit with the Cubs stuff. But listen, the Cardinals have won so much, Joe. It's it's nice to, you know, for us to Cubs to actually do something. All right. I deserve that. But um (laughs) <laughs> Brian, um, glad you're on the show. Welcome. And uh, awesome. I will, will, we will not talk about sports anymore. But um, the talk a little bit about your story, Brian. How did you get yeah. started in real estate? How long ago? Yeah, it, it really wasn't that long ago. Um, August of 2012, I, I used to, my background, I coached basketball and I was I got a job at Troy University, which is about two hour drive from Birmingham, which is where I am now. And I was coaching down at Troy. Um, I was actually driving down there, driving back and forth before the season started. And I just heard a radio promo um, that said Rich Dad, Poor Dad was coming to town. I, I'd read the book many, many years before that. And just I genuinely thought, Joe, I, guys, I, I genuinely thought I was going to meet Robert Kiyosaki. I was that excited oh, about it. And OK, I went right. to the thing. And, and I just, you know, hook, line and sinker, I, I bought it and I didn't know anything really about real estate. And that's, that was kind of like how I really first heard about it and got started. I did the three day boot camp, Then I bought the bigger package, um, spent, spent tens of thousands of dollars and it was, you know, I've learned a lot since then. I've learned a lot, you know, now I, I would kind of steer people at maybe a different direction, but yeah. I, I can't, I can't, you know, knock it completely because I wouldn't even be here without it. Huh. So that's kind of how the story started. Um, I the three day, the initial three day boot camp that was, I think it was like two hundred dollars that I went to. 
they taught you they taught you a lot of stuff really kind of like concepts but yeah. not like deep you know digging into it like the how the what but not the how exactly and so i you know it's crazy a lot of people think that this is this is crazy but um this is late august of 2012 i got my first house under contract um within 30 days and then i wholesaled it and within 45 days of that three-day boot camp and made ten thousand dollars that's how that's how on fire i was wow for real estate i just it was just like a passion that I never knew existed inside of me. And, and again, I hadn't done any other classes or actual training that I'd bought yet. Uh, I just, I just wanted it so bad and I wanted to make that money back so bad that I just spent a lot of money on. Um, I, I just gotten married and, and so just to kind of prove that. And, but, the, but the problem was right after that, um, I had to go down to Troy. So we closed on that house the first of October. If you know anything about basketball, the first day of practice is October 15th. And so I was down in Troy for the next six months. I didn't do anything with real estate um, until the next spring. Wow. Okay. So then were you, were you, were you basketball coaching full-time? Was that your job? Yeah. So I'm, I'm just kind of been in a really uh, fortunate situation. I got married. My wife had a great job. Um, I went back and got my master's degree um, at UAB where I did some graduate assistant work there. Um, The coach got fired. Um, the year I was there. And so the next what is, what is UAB? UAB, the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Okay, okay. So that coach um, left, and I was kind of left without a place to go, without um, a job. So I just kind of called around locally, and I got on with a sta- Division One coaching staff um, down in Troy. It's about a two, two-and-a-half-hour drive from Birmingham. And I stayed down there, and, and that wow. was kind of how – and it, I had done AAU basketball, you know, just kind of did high school stuff. I went back and got my master's in education so I could teach English. But I was doing that on a college level, making, you know, six, eight, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 a year. And obviously, we all know that that's not really sustainable. You can't really support a family doing that. And I was chasing a dream. And when this real estate thing came along, I just realized I needed to stop chasing a dream and actually, you know, take our lives seriously. You know? So you were making six to $12,000 a year? As a Division One college basketball coach and, adju- and adjunct English professor, yes. Wow, I know. So how how can they justify that? <laughs> I don't get it. That it's you know the, the business really is um you it uh, is really a lot like real estate to be honest with you. It's who you know. It's a lot of networking. Um, to to get a really great job, you've got to pay your dues. You know, you got to huh. do that grunt work. Um, and that's what I did, and that's what I thought I wanted to be and thought I wanted to do. And so I was willing to accept that. And it just, you know, it would just have taken, it would have taken so, so long to get to a point to where I could make any kind of decent money. And, you know, just, and, you know, really what changed for me, I think everybody kind of has a moment in their lives that, that where something changes, um, where, you know, just being completely honest with you guys, I was the 30-year-old before I got married. I was the 28, 29-year-old in my living in my dad's basement playing video games until four in the morning, not really caring. Wow. Not a lot of accountability. <laughs> not, you know, and, and so I think people are who they are. And you don't just change. Something really tragic or crazy has to happen to you to change. And, and for me, 
that was in 2012. I'd done that first real estate deal. I got really on fire, but I was down in Troy and my wife who has just a phenomenal job, makes a lot of money, called me up, bawling her eyes out and says she hated it. She hated her job. She wanted to quit. And that was kind of the, the switch for me where it was just like, I got to stop doing, chasing this basketball thing. Um, you know, I really need to take, I think real estate can be the vehicle. I really need to, uh, to, to take it seriously and do it. And long story short, where I am today, my, we just had our second kid and my Congrats. wife just, just now quit her job and wow. she's not going back. And, and again, that's a really, really huge income to replace. She was a pharmacist, really big income to replace. And, you know, it's just, we're to that point where, you know, finally I was able to make that happen for her and just, that's, that's been my why, you know, that's been the reason why I do what I do work as hard as I, as I have been. And, and here I am. I've seen pictures of your little baby and, uh, congratulations. That's so awesome. Thank you. I was going to make a really stupid joke about, um, your college education and, uh, how, what it did for you <laughs> living out of your parents' basement. But, uh, wow. I, I just won't do that. Yeah, but it's the truth, Joe. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about a lot of different things, but the, don't even get me started on college. I mean, I have wow. three, I have three degrees, and, oh. and I st- you know, have a journalism degree and an English degree and a master's in education. So I do actually use like writing. I do a lot of writing yeah. skills are very important, and speaking skills skills like you guys know are very important. But to to spend all that money and that time, it, it was just a complete waste and. Well, could you get those things without going to college, you think? You know, a lot of us go back and we say, oh, I don't even use my college degree and all this stuff, right? But could you go, could you get those skills without going to college, without going, putting in the motions? You know, it's, I think it's kind of interesting um, because I think about as I'm raising my kids, right? And, And I tell my kids, or I'm I'm thinking, my kids are watching me, and they're like, okay, daddy doesn't cut the lawn. Well, why doesn't daddy cut the lawn? Because (laughs) daddy doesn't cut the lawn because he could do other things and make more money with his time than cutting the lawn, right? So then your kid looks at you, and he says, uh, when you say, hey, uh, (laughs) Eric, go clean your room. And then he tries to find a way to get his brother to clean his room for him instead, right? <laughs> he's trying to outsource it, you know? It's, it's, it's almost like, though, you have to be careful. Like, you have to pay your dues some. You know, you have to put that time in. And right. You have to put the effort in and that work in or else, or else the other stuff doesn't work. You know, like, uh, we can make a very lazy – we can raise a very lazy child if we're not careful because we can say – well, you need to find somebody else to, you know, to do that for you or, you know, and, and, it, and so it's made me say, maybe I should go cut the lawn again. Maybe he should see daddy put in some sweat. Maybe he should see daddy put some manual labor in because that will instill some of that good stuff in, in him. You know, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes total yeah. sense. I, I, think, I think it comes back to, um, you know, self-accountability and discipline. And so you ask the question, like, you know, about college, was it worth it? Would I still have those skills? Could you get those skills elsewhere? Um, I, I kind of equate it to, you know, buying a personal residence with, you know, with a 30 year mortgage, um, where people say it's kind of like a forced savings account, um, a 401k, it's a forced savings account. Well, if you're better with your money, if you're good with your money and disciplined, um, same thing with this education piece, if you're disciplined, 
then you can go out and you can make a better income with, with your money, investments with your, with your money, whether it's real estate or whatever, versus something that's tied to the stock market that you can't even get access to until you're 59 and a half years old. And right. so it, it, I, think, I think that it's kind of the same thing. Yes, I think you can get those skills um, outside of college, but it's going to come down to college kind of forces you to, to be accountable and gives you a grade and makes you do homework and makes you do this stuff. So I don't well, that's know. A, like I'm, I kind of, I kind of had those, you know, writing skills before I went to college. I mean, I really, I was, you know, the editor of, of our um, yearbook and I was involved in our high school newspaper and all that stuff. So I was always into writing and English skills um, before that. So I could have done a lot of other things to develop it. Nowadays, if you're a kid, you got a blog, you can have a blog, you can do a lot of other things um, with mediums that, that weren't really accessible to me. You know, it's cool um, talking about all that in context. The uh, yeah. I just got back from this ClickFunnels conference, right? And um, it's called Funnel Hacking, and it's it was kind of an internet marketing conference, but not just internet. It's marketing conference, and it was really, really good. And Tony Robbins was there. I got to get my picture with him at the end. Um, but anyway, there were two kids there that spoke, and um, mm. they were talking. The one kid was like, it was a girl. Her name is Emily. She's 12, I think. 12 or 13, and another kid named Caleb, who's probably 15 now, 14 or 15. Um, Emily has done over 100 grand in sales from writing these simple ebooks, and she advertises wow. and markets them online. Um, now, that's revenues, that's sales, that's not profits. And then this guy, Caleb, right, right, has right, done right. Um, over a million dollars selling. He does a lot of motivational videos on YouTube and stuff like that, and he's been on Gary Vaynerchuk's show and. Uh, all kinds, of, like all over TV. This guy's really well known and famous. But both of these kids are homeschooled, and uh, but they are. They both have written. Um, well, Emily's only written one book. Maybe she's working on her second right now. But this other kid, Caleb, has written three or four. Um, but they're very good at articulating, and they're very good at writing. And the um, those kids, I doubt they're going to go to college, but they might. Um, but what's interesting is thinking about that in terms of my kids. Like, um, in fact, when I was eating lunch with people, everybody was talking about like, man, my kids would never, could never do that. You know, it makes me feel like I'm a bad parent or something. But um, my attitude is more like, all right, so how can I train my kids to be entrepreneurial like that before college? How can we help them to become better writers, um, to be able to articulate themselves better? And, um, Already one of my sons, I was talking to him um, the last couple of days, he wants to write a book on how to survive in the woods. And uh, he's never slept in the woods um, in a survival situation. <laughs> but you know what? He wants to write a book about it because he thinks it's so cool. And so um, I'm helping him with that right now. And going to YouTube, we're finding, like I made him, he came up with like five different topics of what he wants to talk about. And we're finding really good videos about that on YouTube. And he's going to write a book. And um, we're going to sell it for five bucks, um, maybe ten bucks or something like that. So, anyway, I don't know why I thought of that. The uh, no, that's good. Well, it's teaching your kids how to kind of operate in this new, well, not new, but in our current mm -hmm. commerce, right? Sure. I mean, people are going to be either producers or consumers. That's it. Producer or consumer, very, very, very important. And I think Brian, what you're saying is you figured out that. You don't want to be a consumer, right? And and maybe the same with your wife. That's why she hated her job so much. Um, it's yeah. it's it's always better to be the producer. 
The producers always make more money than the consumers do. And um, so now you're, you're well on your path to being a producer, and um, that's cool. That's, that's an interesting conversation we're on here. I like it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I, it, Go ahead, you know, to tie it back into kind of real estate investing, I mean, I just, I think it, really it's anything. It's really any kind of business. I think that 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 goes back to like that discipline and that self accountability that just most people don't have. That they just don't have that mentality. I didn't have it, and and I had to, it's like a skill. You have to learn it. You have to yeah. learn discipline, and it and it starts. With with something that's so simple and mundane as just like maybe making your bed, like yeah. Just just staying consistent with it every single day. Um, it just it just creates a discipline in you, um, and that like I said, I never had that, and I was kind of forced into that. And and I think that that's where I was able. That's why I was able to be a little bit successful with real estate. That's why I'm able to be a little bit successful with with the RIA that we started and. And stuff like that. It's just it's discipline. It's hard work. It's it's not taking you know, it's fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hours working every single day to make sure that you're doing things the right way and and building a business. And that's it. Especially now that you have kids, changes everything. Which is awesome. Changes it all. Good, good. So let's talk about the deals that you're doing today, Brian. Um, So you've been pretty much full time in real estate since 2013. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. 2013, um, I got back from Troy in that spring and then I, I kind of dabbled with it. I actually bought a six unit. Um, it was the first thing I ever did. Cause for me, I didn't ever really want to wholesale. I wanted to, I wanted passive income. I felt like that was the key to early retirement, all this stuff. And so I bought a six unit, paid cash for it, you know, off of some of it with, you know, a line of credit, some of it with, um, the, the wholesale revenue that we had uh, just done. And, and I spent a year of my life trying to fix this thing up, get it rented out and just kind of realize that I wasn't really going, I wasn't, things weren't happening as quickly as I thought they should. And that's when it was actually the next spring of 2014 where I officially launched, um, was Alabama cash deals, which is a house buying as a wholesaling company really. Um, and you know, in less than three years from, from spring of 2014 until really the fall of 2016, about two and a half years, we did over a half a million dollars in wholesale revenue. And I learned, I learned a lot through that. I've started a brokerage 205 realty 205 is our area code down here. Um, and then, you know, I've I've built those two businesses up to where they kind of sustain without me. Nice. Now I'm a hundred percent focused on the RIA. I started a RIA. We launched in January um, down here in Birmingham. And so that's that's kind of how I do things. I've got that rich dad mentality in me where I know everybody talks about the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, but part two, Rich Dad Poor Dad part two, which is Cash Flow Quadrant. Yeah, it's a better book. Is, I like that one better. It's my favorite book and it, it really teaches you how to, and, and along with the Michael Gerber stuff, um, the E-Myth, those books teach you how to build a business and it teaches you kind of the difference between you know, having a job, owning a job, and actually being a business owner where you could, you know, pick yourself up out of the business for a month or two and it still runs and makes money. So I've done that successfully with two businesses and now I'm on to my third and, uh, you know, this RIA, I'm 100% focused on it. It takes up all my time right now and that's that's all I'm doing and I love it. So you're you're still wholesaling deals, right? Yes. How is that running without you right now? 
So I had it at the apex of it in 2015 from about the spring of 2015 to late fall winter of 2015, about nine months. We were, it was, it was a machine. It was spending 10 to $15,000 a month in marketing. Um, we were on TV, we were on the radio, we had billboards, um, did tons of direct mail. We were doing everything. Bandit had people hanging up bandit signs. Had a, we, I built a call center in my office, had a four station call center. We were taking 150, 200 calls a day. Um, and at the, at the end of all that, I think we made, we grossed around 200,000 in that span of time. And at that's the a end of all big operation for 200 grand. Wow. I know. I know. And that's kind of what I learned. I, I, what I learned is our market here. For for me, maybe you know, maybe I didn't build it the best way. I'm not sure, but for our market, where there's about one 1.1 million people metro in Birmingham, it just didn't sustain. Um, you know, our average deal was only around forty five hundred to five thousand dollars. Ooh. Um, but we were doing ten or twelve of them a month. I mean, right. we some big volume. Um, had a lot of people. Um, on you know, on pay just commission, getting commission. Had virtual assistants. I had, you know, obviously, you know, wage employees making per hour, just taking phone calls, setting appointments. And what I kind of learned through all that is I, you know, I didn't net a whole lot, obviously, through through all that. But what I learned is I just, you know, I could scale it way, way back and kind of make the same thing and have way less of the headache. And that's, you know, that's me. I think, you know, I listen to what you guys do. I listen to Joe, especially you. I listen to what you guys do. And, and I tried it. It's just for me and maybe my personality, maybe our market. I'm not sure. Um, I've never been able to make that, you know, thing work. Um, I tried. Well, we don't have big operations set up either. Well, we've got an office and a call center and a right. this person and a that person and a this person. We don't have all that, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's just not well, there. Well, I just, I, that's what I tried, and that's what I tried to. I tried to build it to be a really big business, and just the profit, the net profit at the end of the day, just wasn't there. And I'm, I'm essentially, we're doing only a couple, two, three deals a month right now, and we're, our, our uh, profit per deal is more. What are you spending in marketing to, uh, to do that? About three thousand dollars a month. And what are you targeting on that? We do. It's just very, very simple. We only do postcards. It's all we do now. We don't do really anything. And I've got the website. We get some leads on our website. But really, we only throw money at direct mail, at uh, postcards. And we typically just send to the, the, the same list that most, most people send to. We send to absentee owners. We send to um, probate. Um, we, we get a lot of free lists by, um, by doing a public information requests and stuff like that. Um, and so that, that's what we do. And, and I just... I actually don't even do a whole lot of it. <laughs> so I've got, sure. a, all I have is a manager and he's in charge of everything and I'll sell the deal. Um, he gets a contract and I'll go and find the buyer, which I already have. I can just, it's a text message. Um, and it's just really easy. And I don't spend a whole lot of time on that at all anymore. And I make about 50%. There nice. you go. Yep. Well, that's good. It's cool that you know your numbers. You know, most people don't. They don't know their numbers. And they, yeah. they just know I'm doing a lot of deals. But when you sit down at the end of the day and look at it, like, what are you actually keeping? Yeah. Most people yeah. will be really, really shocked. It's embarrassing. You know, all this hard work. And we're only keeping, I only get to keep like 35, 40% of it. it does, yeah, you know. I, t- 
I talked to somebody um, local, and they were telling me, you know, their average deal size is like ten or twelve thousand dollars, but yet the amount they have to cover each month is like eighty thousand dollars a month is what they have to cover in order to cover salaries, how to court and cover marketing. And all and overhead, and I'm uh, I just about vomited. I was like, um, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And Alex, ours was about twenty. Ours was about twenty thousand. Yeah. And you know, we we all know if you only do one deal, or maybe even a month, you don't do a deal at all. Yeah. And that's really that was really what happened in you know October of 2015. We we crushed it, and and then November, December, January, we did like two deals. And but I've still got you my have overhead. a twenty thousand dollar month overhead. You're gonna spend sixty grand yeah. <laughs> with nothing to show for it. Exactly, and that and that's what it was just a really rude awakening for us and for me. And just decided right then and there, I'm scaling way way back. There's a better. There's got to be a better way to do this. I think that's really when I started to connect with Joe and and start to really you know, get a little bit of help and advice and and try to understand you know how I needed to do it, what I needed to do, and and you know just scaled it way back but my end game has always been rentals and passive income that's always been my thing and i know we don't we're kind of running out of time i know but um you know i in late 2015 december i bought a mobile home park a big mobile home park here locally that i love it's the best investment i've ever made nice wow um, yeah i bought a a big commercial building where actually my office is um, so I, I'm kind of into that right now. And then I've got some single family houses as well. I'm more into the passive income, the rental side. That's kind of my end game. That's, that's kind of where, where I want to end up. What could you mind sharing? What are your goals for the passive income? How many doors do you want? How much income do you want? It's really, yeah, it's more income based. Um, right now I'm at around 10,000 net off of 70 something doors that I have. Now, do you, do you manage those yourself? I actually do, which is crazy. But you have um, an assistant you know, that manages it, it for you, right? I've, well, I've got a mobile home park that makes up 59 of my units, and I've got an on-site maintenance man who really kind of acts as the, the first line of defense, kind of like a, a property manager would. And then, I, I'm like I said, my office is in this um, strip mall that I have. And so if there's ever anything going on, people know that they, tenants know that they can come right down and, and see me. And I just kind of outsource it from there um, if okay. something needs to be fixed. And then I've got like six or, well, I got, I've got eight single family houses now. And, you know, they, I've, I've kind of subscribed to the theory. If you rehab them the right way on the front end, you're not going to have a whole lot of problems on the back end. So I manage everything myself and it really hasn't, it really doesn't take that much of my time. Nice. So you're uh, you're at ten thousand dollars net cash flow. That's phenomenal. Good for you, man. Uh, that's let's freedom talk- right there. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your REA group. Why why yeah, did you decide yeah, yeah, to start a local real estate investing club? Well, I told you my background earlier that you know I've got a master's in education. I've always my dad's a, a, a teacher his dad was a teacher my my whole family i come from just a family of just tons and tons of teachers and i've always had that in me and last spring not quite a year ago i just you know m- you know meetup.com just went just went and just started like a little meetup and it's just learn real estate investing 
Um, so I just had kind of heart, a heart and passion for teaching brand new people how to get started, their first steps, and to get started in real estate. And I think the first one we had, it was, it was on a Saturday morning, one time a month. The first one I did, I think there were four people came. And yeah. then the next one after that, maybe 10 or 12. And then we just kind of grew it to where we we're getting around 20, 25 people. And then, you know, October rolls around and I, I met up with you, Joe and, and Sean, and we, you guys kind of helped me plan it in my mind. Well, why not just make this, why not just grow this thing and just, just start a RIA? Cause we have one, we had one already. I don't talk bad about people and what they're doing. It's just kind of the older, the older guard, the older type of real estate investor, not really a whole lot of creative. So I just felt like there was a need for another RIA and I got the support of the, a lot of the local, um, the local investors that had been doing a lot of deals, um, just got their support and started it. And we had 75 people at our first meeting, which I thought was pretty good. Wow. Um, the, the, the room only held a hundred. Okay. <laughs> so it, it looked like it was packed and, you know, and I spoke, you know, and I've got speakers lined up through, through June. Your good friend, Claude Diamond is coming to Birmingham in, oh, cool. on, in June. Yeah. So um, we're lining up some really cool speakers to come and just gotten just tremendous feedback. And, you know, and I, I do workshops that are really, really dirt cheap. I mean, just really, they really just cover the cost. It's like yeah. a beginner workshop and I do coaching out of it. You know, I find, I just get a couple of coaching students per month and, nice. and that's kind of how I've been able to monetize it a little bit, but really I'm, I'm playing the long game with anything and everything I do business wise. I always play the long game. I think that it's important to invest into you and invest into what you're doing. And so I'm not, I don't sit here and ask people nickel and dime people and constantly ask people for stuff. I give, 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 give content. Um, I have a daily real estate show that's on our, uh, uh, Facebook and YouTube pages. Um, we, we started a podcast as well and yeah. we're just doing all these other things, um, to help bring content and bring education to Birmingham at an affordable price. That's awesome. So is this opening up doors for you to partner with students on deals or to lend money on deals, Absolutely. things like that? Absolutely. And that's, and that's the, you know, the perception is whether it's true or not, you know, people don't, if you come to a RIA, you don't know who the guy is at the front of the stage, but they're the guy at the front of the room. Yeah. And they're, the perception is they know what they're doing. They've got it going on. And, and just because of that, just, I mean, people think that I'm now the authority when it comes to real estate in Birmingham. And, and it's been really, really cool to see these opportunities just open up out of nowhere. People calling me, emailing me, texting me just out of the blue saying, Hey, I've got this deal and, and it may not be something I want, but I know I can help them wholesale it. So just doing um, little joint ventures like that, I've already seen, you know, um, a lot come back, but I, I just think that that's the mentality that I have as a business person is my number one core business belief is that you got to give, 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 give. You've got to be 51% of every relationship that you're in. And if you do that, it's just the natural law of things. It's a natural you know, principle of life that is just going to come back to you. Okay. Very good. So you mentioned your podcast. What is your podcast called? It's called the Alaria. That's A-L-A, Alla for Alabama, Alla Rhea, R-E-I-A, Masterclass Podcast. You can search iTunes for it. It's it's Alabama-based real estate. 
So if you are listening to this right now and you're in Alabama, I think it's a must download. We've had just some unbelievable guests on that are local to Birmingham. I love that. I love the fact that you're doing a local real estate investing podcast. Interesting. That's that's phenomenal. I wish more people would do that. Um, because a lot of people are wanting to get into the podcast scene and create their own podcast. And there's tons of them out there. Um, and I think there's not enough podcasts that are local to your market. You're not going to get as big of an audience, Brian. You already know this. But the audience that you have, they're going to be much bigger fans of your podcast than they are of ours, for example, which covers more national stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and that was kind of the point of it. I think yeah, in, good. we're on episode nine right now, and we've only had about seven hundred downloads. You know, so that's definitely not sexy at all. But you know, it's just more content, and it's local. Got to start somewhere, right? And we've had some rock stars from, I mean, Birmingham real estate guys that are just crushing it. Um, we've had them on our show, and it, and it's just been really, really, really good information for our local market. No, that's phenomenal. Um, that. That's going to grow. It's going to be. It's going to continue to grow as the word gets spread. But um, I'm telling you, if 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 an investor is wanting to get into real estate and they're looking at two podcasts, Real Estate Investing Mastery or Alabama Real Estate Investing Masterclass, which one do you think they're going to listen to? I don't Ours. know, Joe. You've no, become no. pretty much a. You, you've been a. You've become a national figure now. You're well, you're a celebrity. <laughs> I appreciate that, but it's not true. The, the I'm glad you're <laughs> I'm glad you're doing that, Brian. I think that's really really good. You're focusing local, and um, man, you don't you don't have to share the audience. You don't have to share the stage with anybody in Alabama. Yeah. In, in a certain sense, like there's there's probably thirty forty real estate investing podcasts at least right now out there, right? Um, so that's cool. Good, good. So the. If people want to look your podcast up, they go to Alaria, A-L-A. Alaria, yeah. A-L-A-R-E-I-A. You can, if you search that in the iTunes box or wherever you download podcasts, um, we'll pull right up. Um, you can email me if you want to get in touch with me personally. You can email me at info at alaria.com. Good. And you can check out our Facebook page. We've got tons and tons of content out there right now, especially if you're local. You can go to facebook.com slash alaria. Excellent. You know, we can actually go into our stats and see how many listeners we have from Alabama. Did you know that, Alex? Yes. Oh, yeah. You can do lots of cool things. <laughs> so I'm going to look right now here in just a second. But, um, the Brian, what um, if people want to get in touch with your RIA, look up your real estate investing club, uh, where do they go to get that? I think, well, our website's being built. I don't know when this is going to be released. Our website's getting built out right now. It'll eventually be alaria.com. Um, again, that's A-L-A-R-E-I-A. It's a little confusing to say, but um, everything's on our Facebook page. Every okay. single thing is on our Facebook page. Um, our event's coming up. Um, we do have a meetup page as well, but all of our Facebook con- all of our content is on Facebook and YouTube right now, and it will eventually be on our website. Awesome. I'm looking here at Alabama. We've had 14,375 downloads from Alabama. Alabama. Yes. If you all were interested, I could tell you, and I can't. It's not showing me like the most, the biggest. You could go in here and see the, uh, 
which markets in Alabama. Oh, here we go. The biggest market in Alabama. Oh, it doesn't say. Ah, yeah. Anyway, the uh, but that's cool. That's that's lifetime since we started the podcast in 2011. So then the last six years, we've had 14,000 downloads. But um, I'm probably you, about two or three hundred, however many episodes you have. <laughs> right. Well, Brian, thanks for being on the show, man. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, people can reach you at info at com. They can go to your Facebook page. Sounds like the Facebook page is the best way to to uh, to reach you, right? Right now. And then, uh, I don't like I said, I don't know when this is going to air, but our website should be completed by around the middle of March, um, towards the end of March of 2017. Okay. Go ahead and give so, that one more time. It's com. Nice. Yeah, nice, and nice, I, nice. you know, I, I can't thank you guys enough. I think what you what you guys do is is incredible. Um, when I very first started in real estate, the first thing I did was I went to iTunes, and you, I think you guys were the first one that, that, at the top of the charts. Wow! I downloaded, I downloaded top it. of the charts. This was, I think, it was 2012. I downloaded it, and I've been listening to you ever since. And and I, you know, I appreciate everything you do, the advice you guys give, the the free content, um, and I think that that's important. Giving, giving, giving. If people are listening right now, you need to give, 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 give as much as you can, and you're just going to be naturally seen yeah. as an authority. And and I, that's that's why it's the number one core business belief that I have, and I, I really do appreciate you guys doing what you do. Man, we appreciate that very much, Brian. And it's Brian Trip, guys, not Tripe. Man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I knew going into this that I was going to get your last name right. I was telling myself, okay, don't don't screw up his last name. And I did. I'm really embarrassed. But, um, Brian, thanks for being on the show. I hope people listening to this are, are encouraged. I know a lot of people listening to this thinking, wow, you mean I could start a podcast local to my market? You know, if you're in, a, you're in Southern California, or let's say you live in California, I would probably do a podcast like on Southern California markets, right? Um, Probably wouldn't want to do one for the entire state, but uh, if you're in like Alabama, of course, do one for the entire state. But uh, I think Brian, you're going to be pleasantly surprised as your podcast continues to grow. You're going to do a lot of business with that podcast with people in Alabama. Um, you're even going to find people, um, Brian, that will are out of Alabama but are looking to buy real estate in Alabama, and they're going to start listening to your podcast, looking for turnkey deals, and yeah. that's going to open up a lot of opportunities as well. Yep. Good for you, man. Good for you. That's thanks, awesome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Alex. Guys, if you want the show Good notes. Call. Yeah, it was. Guys, if you want the show notes of this call, the links that we talked about and how to get a hold of Brian, uh, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com, and uh, you'll you'll get all of our good stuff there. Hey, thanks again, Brian. We'll see you guys later.